You know what, Jamie? Let's pop off right now. We gotta get started. <laughs> we gotta go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get the people in the chat. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Hit and Hustle Morning After Recap Show, brought to you by IrishSportsDaily.com. I'm your host, Greg Flamont. Uh, it is the morning after Notre Dame's 58-7 to victory over the Pittsburgh Panthers, the Fighting Pat Narduzzi's. Oops. Oh, that happened. Uh, <laughs> Pat Narduzzi kind of made a spectacle of himself in the, uh, the postgame, although I think the quote that's going around about we needed better players, we didn't bring in good enough players, I think it's – Probably a little bit out of context and, um, you know, but people like to have fun with Pat Narduzzi and he's always very, he's very salty. So uh, that that's how it goes sometimes when you give the postgame quotes after a 58 to seven loss. Um, you hate, you hate to see that, but um, it's a great victory for Notre Dame. Um, and we're going to talk about that. If, you, if you've never heard this show, if you're just tuning in later, if you're hearing us on the podcast, uh, I do this every morning. And uh, morning after the game, talk over stats, talk over what we saw. Everyone kind of talks through it in the chat. Very uh, interactive with the with the audience, this show. Um, and a lot of the things, I actually, thank goodness, um, it was finally a 3.30 kick, uh, Eastern, 12.30 Pacific time kick. So I got the chance. I, I, I Before I went to bed last night, I watched a lot of the game back, so I have a lot more. My thoughts are a lot more um, developed than they, than they would be for a night game. That's the bad thing about night games. After we record the uh, after we record the post game show, and then we we I have to edit that and get it out. It's uh, it's I don't really have time to watch the game, so uh, it's a lot better uh, this you know when I can actually watch the game, and that's going to be the case next week as well because that's a noon kickoff Eastern time. So thank you everyone for being here. It's your first time. Please hit the like button. Please subscribe to the show and please hit the notification bell so you know whenever it is we are going live. Links to this podcast are in the description below. Uh, and we're also, uh, the show last night, the Instant Reaction Recap, that's up as well. You're going to want to check that out. And another thing you're going to want to check out is ESQ Clothing, which has created the world's first bamboo dress shirt. It's crafted from high-quality bamboo fabric. It's the softest and most comfortable shirt you'll ever put on. Not only more sustainable than cotton, but also feels cooler, has stretch, is odor and wrinkle resistant, even machine washable. You've seen ESQ's one-piece collar bamboo dress shirt on all of Notre Dame's top players and coaches. It's the perfect shirt for today's business meeting or heading for a night out. Use ISD15 to get to get 15% off all online items. That's ISD15 for 15% off. Uh, Josh Miller is ready. Thank you for being here, Josh. Uh, Josh was at the game in Zone Tunnel. Uh, tell us about it. Put some stuff in the chat. And we, we can talk about that. Uh, Rajon is segging, segueing his morning into Hidden Hustle. We really appreciate your, your always being here, Rajon. Uh, Parker's scheme looked much better yesterday, even during the first half struggles. Tyler Hack. Um, I agree. I agree. I, th I thought he I thought he called a good game. I thought he had a good plan to attack um, Narduzzi's defense, which is obviously very, very um, – very aggressive. They're playing a lot of man coverage, and Narduzzi attacked that. He he called a lot of man beaters. He put the 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 defense in bad situations. There were times when Notre Dame didn't fully um didn't didn't fully execute on what was available to them in the first half. There were a lot of there were a lot of opportunities for deep plays um, that Notre Dame didn't take 
um, Sam Hartman decided to go elsewhere with the ball. And um, and I'm going to break that down, you know, kind of over the next couple of days because um, I think there was a lot there. And I, I was actually very encouraged by the way that that Jared Parker called the game and how he tried to attack Pitt. I, I thought he did a, a very nice job with that. Um, and I'm going to talk about how Notre Dame can kind of take better advantage of their outside wide receivers because right now everything's coming on the inside in the slot position, which is obviously fine. Sam Hartman's obviously very comfortable throwing inside over the middle of the field, but they need to get more out of their outside wide receivers because and I put the stat up on Twitter, you know, basically Jaden Greathouse in the last three games has played exclusively on the outside and he hasn't been effective. They've thrown him two passes. He hasn't caught either one. One of those, he drew a penalty. So that's good. Um, Oh, no, I'm sorry. He didn't get he didn't get a pass attempt on that one. There, there was another one where it was kind of a throwaway by Hartman. So they've thrown him two passes. Hasn't caught either one. Hasn't caught a pass in three games. And it's it coincides with him moving to the outside, right? It, Tobias Merriweather, the two the two passes he caught yesterday, both came out of the slot and into um, off a, one off an RPO and one off of the obviously the post route. That was a very nice scheme by Parker as well. So they need to figure that out. They need to figure out how to get the outside wide receivers going. And I'm going to be talking about that over the next couple of days. Um, <laughs> CFB Hertz. CFB Hertz says, Greg, I think it's time to move on. It's time to replace Hamilton with Watts for the intro image. Um, there's actually a practical reason why, um, why we don't do that. Why we have a former player in the... Uh, in the intro and not a current player there's a there's a practical reason for that um <laughs> so we will uh will <laughs> it's just it has to do with um you know promotion of the, the channel and uh that sort of thing so that's why that's why it's a former player and not a current player um all right let's see here what else is um uh going on here Sat in the end zone, Karen. Karen, I don't know how to say your last name, so I'm just gonna say Karen C. Sat in the end zone. It was a perfect fall day. It looked great, honestly. It looked nice. It didn't look too cold or anything. Uh, it, it's it was good stuff. So good job by you, uh, being there. Uh, Michael McGowan, a great win. But I was I the only one screaming at the TV when we let the clock run down? Then didn't have time to score a touchdown at the end of the first half. Uh, no, you were not the only one. Jamie, Jamie thought it was fine. Last night on the post game, he thought it was fine clock management. I didn't like it in real time. Me and Christian McCollum were kind of upset in the text chain. I, I just seemed like they were. It, it was. It was too. You didn't need to let it run all the way down like that. For, specifically for that reason, like if you run it down to thirty seconds or something, like it's not like Pitt's going to have a ton of time to get the ball and go score at that point. Like you, you could have left yourself enough time. Thirty seconds left. For things like a penalty and getting a first down, or the, they'll take a penalty. When you run it all the way down to 12 seconds, you're really basically asking Pitt to grab you and tackle you and make it difficult for you to, to do anything because it's like, well, the clock's going to just run down. They don't have enough time, even if it's an automatic first down, like like what happened and what actually took place. They interfered with Jaden Greyhouse. Notre Dame got an automatic first down. There's three seconds left course they're just going to kick the field goal so i didn't like that i didn't like the timeout at one minute left 
I thought if you're going to run it down at any time, run it down then. And then you can ensure that you're going to save a timeout and then you'll have, you know, 30 seconds left. Because they called the timeout, I want to say, with one minute left and 30 seconds on the play clock. Then they call a timeout. Like, why do you do that? And then you run one more play and then run it all the way down. Like, this didn't, it just didn't make a ton of sense. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure Marcus will, will go into that. Um, in his press conference on Monday, uh, just some things for, uh, just some, some highlights, some players, um, Christian gray, <laughs> he was, uh, he had the most snaps for Notre Dame defensively. They were two of seven throwing at him for 30 yards and the interception. Uh, he had a passer rating against, I think it was 5.4. Let me just double check that. Yeah. 5.4, which is awesome. I mean, it's as good as it can be. Um, so that's definitely something that that uh, stood out to me. And when you go back I, I, on my Twitter feed, I put up the the interception that he had, the one-hander, which is obviously a great play by him. But I was just really encouraged by the way that the team reacted to that. So 31 nothing game at that point. You have Cam Hart's out with a forearm. Ben Morrison doesn't play because of his quad makes the interception and those are the first two guys to run over there and get in his face and get excited and get hyped and the whole team comes over i'm not the whole team but like 20 players 20 25 players come over and they're patting them on the head it continues on and on i mean just like that is a culture thing like that is players celebrating with their teammates celebrating with each other um and it's great to see that like that's what that's what you want to see in in a blowout win guys that that care about um guys that care about each other um so it's just it's really good to 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 kind of see that kind of culture i was really impressed um with that um let's see xavier watts continues to be an absolute magnet for the football um listen you get your you get yourself in the right places and sometimes they'll throw you the ball, and that's what's been happening to him. He leads the NCAA in interceptions at six. Um, he's 13th in total passes defended with 10. Um, so he's how I mean, in my opinion, I don't I don't know how you he's not a first team all American at safety. How is that? And who is who is having a better season? And not just that, but like in heavy impact plays in big games. I mean, the, the USC game, like that's a that's a big game where he goes out there and he he has a huge part in Notre Dame winning the game against USC. How is he not a first-team All-American? I don't see. How is he not a finalist for the Thorpe Award? I mean, he 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 leads the nation in interceptions. He's playing all the time. So I just don't I, – I don't see how um, – I, I don't see how he he doesn't earn that. I think I think he has, and it's going to be upsetting if he, if he doesn't. Um, let's see. John Murphy says Clemson on a two game losing streak is scary. Getting them to three in a row will not be easy. The D line and backers are very good. We need to be sharp, especially Hartman. will uh, will be there this week. John's going to be there in death Valley. Uh, it is going to be a tough game. Uh, you know, the thing about Clemson is they're losing, but they're not losing big. You know, it's, it's all these games are close. It's kind of like, it's kind of, <clears throat> excuse me. It's kind of like Notre Dame in 2016 where, yeah, they went four and eight, but 
they had a bunch of really close losses. They were jumping out on teams and they were they were kind of blowing it at the end. Excuse me, I got some in my throat. Um, and, and so, but that, that was still a tough football team to play. It was very difficult. They're gonna be at home. Um, and so that's gonna be that's gonna be a, a, a test for Notre Dame. You know, NC State, they win 24 to 17. Seven of those come on a pick six by uh Peyton uh Peyton Wilson. Right. So it's not like their offense was doing much. Now, NC State doesn't have a good offense, so you wouldn't expect that. But it 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 does like Notre Dame. It's going to be I think it's going to be close, especially in the first half. Notre Dame's not going to just jump on them unless there's a bunch of turnovers, which could happen. Right. Um, it was interesting looking at the, the box score. You know, obviously, I didn't I didn't follow the game at all. I don't I don't know what exactly was going on, but Will Shipley with with light work i mean i think he only got like six carries phil Moffa got the majority of the carries i believe he got 16 carries so i don't know if if something happened to shipley during the game maybe he got hurt um and if, and if that happened maybe you could put it up in the chat and, and that would be awesome to see um but it's just um, or it'd be awesome if someone could uh put that up there oh came out with the injury okay so that makes sense then because i was like i don't understand why um why that's going on uh CFB hurts. Do you know if that's like a, like something we need to monitor? Oh, some shot to the head. Oh, I mean, if it's concussion, he might be out this week. So that'll be that'll be interesting to kind of keep track of. Um, I know he'll be probably be motivated to play, but in college football, usually if you're out with a concussion, you you might have to you might have to miss a week. So that'll be something to to monitor going forward. But they're not they don't look good on offense. Um, they they. They look bad, just straight up. Um, it has not worked out, you know. I know a lot of people have been, like uh, Notre Dame fans, we've been talking about Jared Parker and, um, oh, curled in the fetal position. All right, that sounds very serious then, or fairly serious. It's not one of those. Sometimes you can get like a concussion where you get you get dinged real quick, like you, like bell rung or whatever, and then it's like you're fine, but you come out, but you do have a concussion, so it's like, hey, we're pulling your helmet. And the player wants to keep playing. Um, and the player wants to keep playing, but it's like, no, like those are the rules. You're diagnosed concussion. You have to sit. Um, it sounds like this one was pretty serious. So hopefully, I mean, hope, look, first of all, hopefully he's okay. Um, you, you don't want, you know, head injuries are obviously very serious. Um, so that's something to to kind of keep track of. But the Clemson offense is, is not good. We, we've been unhappy with Jared Parker, but the Clemson offense by all metrics has just been very, very bad. It's a bad, it's a bad time for them. Uh, the Garrett Riley situation has not worked out. Um, full stop. Just it hasn't been a good situation. Uh, Tyler Hack says he got a concussion in high school and was fine for about ten minutes until I forgot where I was. I was actually knocked unconscious in a in a playoff game. Um, this, I mean, this was like <clears throat> I had a I had a punt return early in the game where I hit my head on the ground and I was all woozy and they were checking me out on the sideline. And, uh, and this is when we were on offense. Well, we threw an interception. And so I just grabbed my helmet, and ran back out there cause I needed to go play safety. And, uh, and then so I stayed in the rest of the game. And then later in the game, caught a pass, got tackled, hit my head on the ground again. And I was out, I was out. And this is, you know, 1998. So <laughs> I went to my, I went to my pediatrician and got myself cleared. 
which in it, it, when I say got myself cleared, this man, it was the most shocking thing I think that's ever happened to me is that this man actually cleared me to play because he was very conservative. He was a very conservative guy. It's like, oh, no, you you like you sprained your ankle like you're not doing P.E. for like a month, you know. So the fact that he that fact that he cleared me is kind of amazing. Um, but that's that's yeah, so concussions are are no uh, no big deal. But that's that'll be uh, that'll be interesting for Clemson. They need to figure out something offensively. And look, I mean, if you can, if you can, uh, if they can turn over Notre Dame, that's how it happens, right? That, that's how it's going to have to be. Um, it just, it's, it, I don't see how against this defense, you that Clemson's going to be able to consistently move the ball against Notre Dame. Like it's just not. It's just not gonna. It's just not gonna take a salt tablet. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I just. It's. Uh, it's. It, it, I don't see how they do it. Notre Dame defensively, like they are. This is an all-time season for Notre Dame on defense this year. They're fourth. They're, I mean, now they're third in pass efficiency defense. I, I think they're in the top ten in yards per play. Let me check this out. Uh, it's just they are. I mean, this is an all-timer. It's it, we're talking like 2012, 2018. Um, Pumps for them, you know. Let's look yards per play allowed. Uh, Notre Dame is tenth at four point four five. Let me just look what they were in twenty twelve here. Uh, in twenty twelve, Notre Dame was seventeenth at four point seven eight. Now, obviously, that's after the that's after the national title game as well. After the national title game, they were probably a little bit better than that. But yeah, so they're 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 twelve they're tenth at four point four five yards per play. In 2018, Notre Dame was 14th at 4.72. So from a yards per play point of view, Notre Dame is, is better. Um, I can't imagine that's going to get much worse um, over the next, you know, three games. Although I will say we got we to gotta monitor. We got to monitor uh, Stanford a little bit from an offensive point of view. That team's a little, that team's a little frisky. Their coach has um, – he's got them playing frisky – on the offensive side of the ball. Um, why does this, why does your mic break up briefly three, four times abroad? I don't know. I don't know. Did something happen? Did, was my mic bad? I have to check that. Uh, too bad our offense stinks. I'll be interested to see, BG, I'll be interested to see if, um, if Notre Dame can build off of this from a passing game point of view. I thought their plan, I thought their plan was as good as it's been in the last few games. Now, obviously, I mean, Pitt's pretty good defense too. It's not like that's a bad defense. They're not. They, 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 they're not great. I mean, the reason they're not good is their 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 offense is awful, atrocious. Um, so that's that's been part of why Pitt has been a bad team. Their defense is not bad. This is actually a very good test for Notre Dame. And, and what Jared Parker was trying to do out there, I, again, I was I was very impressed with that. So I'm, I'm interested to see if that can continue going forward because I thought their plan was good. They, they, they planned a lot of shots. Uh, they had Jordan Faison on some. They had an opportunity with Rico Flores on, on the interception where I think Sam needs to just say like, hey, I don't, they have I have zone underneath on this on this play action pass. They're one on one on the outside. You just got to take that chance because you don't want to be throwing the ball over the middle. Like that's not 
that's not going to work out, right? Like just generally, you don't want to throw the ball in that spot. So I think, and I think part of the reason why you see some execution problems when they're adding some new elements to the offense is they haven't been running these things all year, right? You, you they've They've been running more conservative type plays, some more like quick hitting plays, like shorter routes, and they haven't been trying to push the ball as much. And now they did that in the game. It, it wasn't the execution wasn't there, but the plan was good. I think if you build on that, I think that 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 could lead to some really good things in the passing game and for the offense as a whole, you know, going forward. Um, Robert Halicki, thanks for being here, Robert. Late, but he made it in. Going to start from the beginning. Hope to see the wide receiver showed you some progression development from your viewings. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of it's it's less so the wide receivers and more of of like the past concepts that I was just talking about where I think that they were being put in positions to to have better performances than they have that they've had um you know earlier in the season where it's like they they were putting safeties and they were putting defenders in bad situations and making them choose and then Sam Hartman I mean even even the long pass to Tyree that's another one where you're in man you have the single high I thought I thought actually the better read for Hartman was uh, Flores on the on the on the over route on the kind of the sale route there, I think that was probably the better read. I'd have to go back and look. Um, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, I wonder if he should have thrown it to Flores. But he took the chance to Tyree. Tyree made the play right. It goes through the safety's hands. That could that probably should have been a broken up play. But it's like that's what happens when you take chances down there, and you and you you you're trying to push the ball. Um, Oh, Karen says we need some crazy upsets in the coming weeks to help us out. Um, what cra crazy upsets in what in what sense? What are we hoping for there, Karen? Let me know what 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 do we need help with? And I'll and I'll and I'll take that uh, into the next. Um, we'll take we'll 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 grow off of off of your comment there. Um, Keith Hearing says. The last two wins have been complete team, win team wins, offense, defense, special teams. That what needs to continue. Um, that's that's a good point by Keith. That's a, that's a fair comment. Um, complimentary football is what is what people like to say, where you have um, you have the defense turning the ball over, and then you have the offense paying that off. Right? We saw that against USC. Right? Obviously, the offense did not put a bunch of a bunch of yards out there. But they also didn't run a bunch of plays, and they converted all their opportunities, and that's how you get a forty-eight point game. Um, same thing here, where the defense scored a touchdown, uh, they had a special teams touchdown, but they also, you know, when when the when the offense was given opportunities, they went and capitalized on those opportunities. So, um, special teams as well. Listen, I, I, Marty Biagi. Well, I mean, this is as good. If if if, if honestly, we are approaching the situation where. Notre Dame did not have a drop-off in special teams play. You have a special teams touchdown in this game on the punt return. Where there was, obviously, it's a great return by Tyree, but the blocking was also very good. Um, so that's a good job by those guys. Um, you have a you have a muff punt touchdown, which you can't really attribute to special teams, you know, in terms of scheme or whatever, but you know, someone being exactly where they're supposed to be, right place, right time. Uh, you had a kickoff return touchdown. They've had a fake punt that was huge in beating uh, Duke. So I, I just, I mean, beyond the Spencer Strader troubles kicking the ball, 
which hasn't been an issue because of the the nature of the games that they've been playing the last few weeks or last couple weeks. That it's look, you have to say, Marty Biaggi, terrific hire by by Marcus Freeman. Good job by you, Marcus. I mean, that's that's good stuff. Um, CFB Hurt says, my problem with the offense is that it didn't feel like we were able to consistently punish Pitt for being too aggressive. Need to be able to force defenses to back off. Um, so I think they consistently tried to do that is the thing that I'm kind of getting at. They weren't they weren't able to do it consistently, like as you point out. And that's why that's why the, the offense in the first half was kind of stagnant, right? It just didn't, but they were always they were always moving the ball. That was the thing. And, and that was a point I made on the on the the postgame show uh, last night was at least the interceptions and the turnover on downs came when Notre Dame was trying to push it. They were trying like they were moving the ball. It, it wasn't they were they weren't going three and out. They were it, they and they were trying to kind of make plays there. It just didn't work out. Um, so that's something to to uh, to to take out of this game. So it's it's I agree with you, right? The it didn't they they weren't able to consistently do it, but they consistently tried, and that's 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 a step in the right direction, in my opinion. Um, Jacob Paula says hypothetical: Would Parker be willing to take a demotion back to tight end coach? I think he's a good coach, just not a good OC. Um, I don't know. I don't know how Marcus Freeman would address that. Um, what I would say. For Parker, it, it, you know, kind of devil's advocate on him is I think we've seen the benefit because at this time last year, people, I think people felt very similar about Al Golden. Okay. In terms of he can't be the, like, they don't want him. It's, it's too, it's too bland. There's too, there's not enough uh, variety. All they do is run the cross dog blitz, right? It's so predictable. They're not, they're not, they're not challenging teams, right? It's too, it's too bland. And this year, it's the complete opposite. Like it's just been awesome in terms of his schemes, in terms of how he's confused quarterbacks, in terms of the variety of ways that he is attacking quarterbacks and attacking offenses. It's, it's, it's just been a complete 180 there. And now they have one of the best defenses in the country, like top five defense in the nation. And, and so, you know, I, I would point out, like, it is difficult. Like, in the first half, you have Rico Flores and Jane Greyhouse taking, you know, 90% of the receiver snaps. That's tough. Like, they're two freshmen. They're true freshmen, and they're not like um, dynamic burner guys, right? Like they they just aren't that. So, and, and not just that, but like Great House is playing outside because of the injury to Thomas. Flores is playing outside because they they moved they moved him ahead of Tobias, but they Tobias wasn't playing well, and that's why they made that move. So it's not like he went out there and and was lighting the world on fire. It, it was because of poor play from someone else in the, in the, in the eyes of the staff. So I think he's had a tough, it's been a tough, it's a tough job, right? Like he, it, it's, he hasn't really been set up to kind of show what he can do. Um, it's a tough ask for him. So, it, 
you know, what Notre Dame has to do, I don't know. What I would say, just that's the devil's advocate point on Jared Parker is it just maybe with better ingredients and, and a year to work with this offense, maybe it would look better. I think that's that's how you have to look at it. If you're him, um, what Notre Dame needs to do, I, I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, so when does Notre Dame, Ebenezer Gatsby asks, so when does Notre Dame start putting out back channel feelers to Jalen Daniels, uh, Dante Moore, he would be a transfer, so NIL pay for play is on the table. Uh, not to Dante Moore. That is not going to happen, period. Um, Jalen Daniels, where, where is he at? Is he the Kansas player? Is he the Kansas player? Um, remind me of him. I, I think Notre Dame, whatever back channel, they've already been doing that, in my opinion. That's already happening. Um, Rajon asks, do you think wide receivers ran good routes on the fourth down play? Flores doing an auto and, and doing an out made no sense to me. You knew Pitt was sending blitzers. Um, I think I think they ran the routes that they were supposed to run. So those two guys, like they weren't going to be – so the outside guys, they both ran kind of a, kind of like return. So they slant in and come out. Like they weren't getting the ball, period. That was – they were never getting it. Um, that ball was – was either going to Tyree or it was going to go to uh, Evans on the man beater play. I put, I mean, I put up on the thing, like you have to have a side adjust and be able to get Tyree on a slant real quick. And he's going to win inside. It might be a walk-in touchdown, honestly. Like those are the house calls that you get. I, I haven't seen Notre Dame with hot routes in their offense on blitzes very often or side adjusts or anything like that. That, I mean, that situation was just textbook throw a side adjust throw the ball inside behind the blitzer and let's go. And they didn't do it. Um, and so that's why I put on Twitter. Like, I just don't, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't do it in that situation. <clears throat> um, Ryan McDonald uh, says we have zero deep threats on the outside. Hard to call offense when you can't stress the defense. So th that's kind of the point that I'm making is like, I mean, Notre Dame has deep threats, right? Like the play, the play, uh, the deep post to, to bias, like, those are those two DBs are just absolutely cooked, like cooked. I mean, phase on. I mean, that is like that is legit. Like if you're a defense and you see that on tape, that's like, hey, like that's a thing that can happen. Like you you do have to be careful with that. Right. So they do. But they only hit it out of the slot. Right. The Tyree stuff all out of the slot. Like everything has to be in the middle of the field, either a middle of the field post or a middle of the field seam. And that's where it has to be. I mean, they've barely hit they've barely hit uh, slot fades this year, right? So that's even to the outside. Like everything is just wanting to be so that when they go deep, it's in the middle of the field. They're never going outside. That's the problem. The one deep ball they've hit this year that was kind of over the top was against Central Michigan with Tobias, but they didn't really cover him. Um, they hit another one that was kind of a fade against Central Michigan. I think it was with with Rico, but we haven't seen that in the last five games or four games or whatever, five games. So it's just kind of like, and it has, and it, it hasn't come against anyone that wasn't central Michigan. That's, that's the problem on the outside there. It's like, they just they don't have, they just don't have a scheme in their offense. It's like, yeah, we're going to hit something to an outside wide receiver to the field or even to the boundary. Right. And that's limiting. It just, um, that's limiting. Uh, BG asked what bowl game, do you want them in or opponent? Um, 
I, I would love any New Year's Six, any New Year's Six Bowl. I think, and I think that's the uh, that that that's what everyone's kind of putting in the chat. I want uh, Tyler Hack says I want a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, CFB hurts. I want New Year's Six against anyone. Uh, New Year's Six from Jacob Paulus. I mean, that's it. I think I've I've seen where I've seen where LSU's on the table, which would be very interesting because Notre Dame with their defense and uh, with their defense against LSU's offense, which is one of the tops in the country. Uh, there's a lot of storylines there with Brian Kelly, obviously Logan Diggs playing against Logan Diggs. Um, that, and honestly, with LSU, like that would be a game where, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that, I think that would kind of end any speculation of like Sam Hartman not playing in the game. I mean, who's not playing in that? Like just from a, you know, goal coming out, like Joe Alt, you're not going to play in that game against Brian Kelly, you know? Yeah. Uh, 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 I don't know who else would be coming out. I mean, I, Audrey Estime, you're not going to play in that game against Brian Kelly. You're going to play against Logan Diggs, who's across the light. Like that would be stunning if those anyone opted out of that game. So um, I think that that's uh, that that'd be something to monitor. Um, all right, let's see, Karen. Um, oh, so this is her first question. Um, uh, other teams need to come in. So let's say like LSU beating Bama, Missouri beating Georgia, USC beat Washington. Too much to ask for. Right, so I don't think Notre Dame has any chance of getting into the playoff. Like, almost none. Almost none. Because the other part is, like, USC doesn't look good. Clemson has fallen off a cliff. Like, who's their best win? Honestly. Like, now, Duke has lost again. Now, granted, I, I think, you know, if Riley Leonard never gets hurt, I think they're a different opponent, but they didn't. Louisville, they lost to Louisville. So they don't have, like, a good win anymore. USC's barely ranked now. Clemson has no chance of being ranked. Like it's just the the schedule didn't break. Like I, they have no chance of getting in, which is fine. Like honestly, I I don't want to stress about it. It just it is what it is. It's unfortunate that the defense is as good as it is. They really needed to not lose to Ohio State. They really. God, every time you watch Ohio State play, you just think they really need to not have that happen, and they. Unfortunately, they blew it. They blew it. Um, Karen asks, do you think Tobias experienced a modicum of redemption yesterday? Um, I don't know if redemption is the word. I, I would say I would say that being able to see him do what he did, the way that he did on that play, like that is just, man, like they just don't have a guy at that size who can do that. Like they can't do that. Like Flores. Great house, Thomas. They can't do that. They can't. And that's why, like, to me, in the first half, three snaps for him in the first half, like, that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. Like, he is so important to this program. So important to the program. And and, and look, I, I don't want it to sound like I'm ripping Rico Flores because I'm not. He deserves to play, okay? He, d- he absolutely does. He should be out there. That needs to be a timeshare for those guys. They need to split snaps. He Regal Flores is not playing well enough to where it's like we we have to have him out there. Like, no, no. They both work their butts off in the run game. They both do it, right? They both are trying hard on their route running. They both deserve to be out there. Both of them. They both need to get reps. They both need to get snaps. 
And and look, if you want Flores out there, then fine. Then you need to put Tobias in the slot. It'll be interesting. We need to check on we need to check on Mitchell Evans, right? What's going on with him, right? I was a little bit, I'll say, alarmed. Not alarmed. Bad word to use. My ears went up when Marcus Freeman they asked him, and he said, "I don't know the nature of the injury." What? Of course you know. You're the coach. They're going to come tell you right away. What's the deal? They always do that. We have an injured player. So, of course, he knows what it might be or what they think it might be, right? He didn't want to talk about it. The fact they didn't want to talk about it is cause for concern, in my opinion. <clears throat> so, if he's going to be out, he's obviously in the slot a lot. Are you going to, do you want to move Tobias more into the slot, right? Do you want to, do you want to move him in, inside there and try to get him going in there, right? You still have Jaden Thomas, who, in my opinion, is not going to be healthy for the rest of the year. They have bungled this, in my opinion. It's it's never going to be healthy again for the rest of 2023. They have bungled it. They needed to not play him. You need to know exactly what the nature of the injury is. And if he's going to be hurt, it's a hamstring. Can't just keep sending him out there. Can't just keep sending him out there. And they kept sending him out there. He's not healthy again post-buy. They have another buy coming up, which is nice, but... I just think they've bungled that. So you, you, you're you not going to, I don't think they're going to get whatever they could have gotten out of him. I don't think that's coming. And so I think they need to get Tobias going and you can get him going inside, which is, I think they should have done with Jaden Thomas. Once he was healthy, they put him out too soon, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> CFPR says, you know, what I'm hearing is that next year, Parker is going to be as good as golden this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Prediction. You heard it here first. That's what I'm saying. Um, that's 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 the deal. Uh, Ryan McDonald, we have five slot receivers in Merriweather. Honestly, I think they, I think Notre Dame has six slot receivers, including Merriweather. <laughs> Everyone needs to play out of the slot, so they need to find one. Um, let's see. Jalen Daniels, Riley Leonard. Um, I haven't seen Jalen Daniels play at all. Um, I mean. Sounds good. I, I don't know what kind of offense they run. I would say Riley Leonard runs something closer to what Notre Dame runs, which I think is good. I think the running element for him is great. Um, and and so I, I, I like the running element that he that he brings. I haven't seen Jalen Daniels play that much, so I can't really comment on him. Jacob Paulus. Um, speaking of Tyree, what a catch. With one more year at slot, he could work himself in a late-round draft talk. If I was him, I'd be coming back. Honestly, he, I think he could be like a serious staple for Notre Dame next year. Like if he, I know he might try to like, Oh, take this opportunity and go. Maybe he just wants to leave college, but man, I would, I would be, it, it would honestly, if you want to play in the NFL, like seriously, cause he's in my opinion, he's not the greatest route runner, you know? And so work on that. And then you're like a real, like a real threat, like an actual viable um, slot player in the NFL. So that's what I would do. I don't know how he how he feels about that. Um, does Logan Diggs get PT? He's a start. He starts for them. He's having a very good season. He's having a very good season for them. He he missed the first game against LSU. Um, I think he had a hamstring problem, but he he starts for them. He he he's playing really well. Um, he's a good football player, right? Um, it's it's fortunate that it's fortunate that um you know, Notre Dame is stacked at running back with Jadarian Price and Jeremiah Love and Audrey Gestine. Uh, 
So, um, Justin Knox asks, what are we favored against Clemson? Three and a half. Vegas knows this one is going to be closer than it should be. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, on the road as well. So, um, I think it would be closer to seven if Notre Dame was at home. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's not closer than it should be. It's just that they're, they're, they're a team with a good defense that can keep games close, right? And look, if Notre Dame isn't turning the team over, Notre Dame, it's they've kind of shown against good defenses, it's hard for them to move the ball consistently uh, if they're not getting short fields. And so, you know, I, I, Vegas, look, <laughs> you have to you have to admit, like they've been really they've been doing a good job with the Lions this year. So uh, that's something to keep track of. Uh, Patrick Hennessy says, "Is Cam Williams, assuming he signs, going to play ahead of Tobias next year?" I don't know about ahead of Tobias. Like <clears throat> to me, Cam Williams. <clears throat> excuse me gosh that's another one it's it, like you it's hard because like i think okay we need to put him in the slot because that's where notre dame gets all their stuff from he could play the field he could play the boundary he could play anywhere he's awesome <clears throat> cam williams needs to play whether it's like ahead of anyone he needs to be out there he is awesome cam williams is a very very uh good player like if I wasn't working for ISD right now, like if I was still uh, like just blogging for UHND, like I'd be going all in on Cam Williams. Like it would be, it would be, uh, <laughs> it would be like Kyle Hamilton levels of hype. He's he's very very good. Um, uh, Jacob Paulus on uh, Jalen Daniels. I'll take your word for it. Again, I haven't watched him. I haven't watched him at all. Um, we'll see. I mean, look, people, everyone's talking about thick boy seven over at Utah, you know, cam rising coming in <laughs> thick boy. I don't think he's a good fit, but whatever, whatever. I think if, if they want to do that, um, uh, uh, then go for it, man. I, I, the thick boy part, it would be, I would, I would, um, I would love that. I would love that. Um, CFB Hertz says, uh, from what I can find, it looks like Clemson's, Clemson's still favored. No, I thought I saw Notre Dame minus three and a half. I think that's what I saw. I, th I think I saw that last night. Um, Michael Park says, next year, uh, wide receiver deck next year will be back on track. Yeah, they need to get a transfer, though. They do. <clears throat> they absolutely do. It, it's just, it, it's the it's the portal era. You got to bring in someone who is proven, and you need some actual depth. Um, you need, you need some actual depth out there to, to get things, uh, cracking for the, uh, for the, for the, for the offense, uh, at wide receiver, Jason Warnock says hypothetical Hartman goes down for the season and jelly has to come in. How do you think he does? Honestly, I think he would do fine. I think he would do great. Um, in terms of just running things, here's the thing. I, I, I honestly, Notre Dame. The way that they play and the way that their team's set up, they don't need someone like Sam Hartman. Like he's a good player, right? Like he, Sam Hartman is a very, very good quarterback, right? In my opinion, in terms of maximizing, um, <clears throat> in terms of maximizing his talent, he needed to be on a different team. I think Sam Hartman on the 2018 team would have been unbelievable, unbelievable. But just that, I think he's in a very tough position where I think he needed um, I think he needed guys like Claypool and Boykin to throw to. 
just to kind of throw it up to those guys, take one-on-one chances, and they, and they could win in that area. That's what I think he needed. Um, I think Angeli would come in and, and do fine. I think he could come in and do exactly what Hartman is asked to do. Maybe not at the exact level of him, but, I mean, when has he ever not looked good? Has 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 Steve Angeli ever not looked good in a football game anytime we've seen him? I don't think he has. He's looked good every single time, and that includes a spring game. So that's what you want. Um, you want you want your guy to, to look good out there. You want you want every time you see him, you want to say, hey, like six or seven yesterday, I think it was 90 something yards. And so it, let me just check it right now. If I'm gonna just give the stats, might as well. Uh six or seven, 92 yards, one touchdown. Uh that that'll work. That will work. So it, it, it matters how it looks. And and to us, it, it I think it looks good. And everything matters how it looks. You want it to look good, whether it's your your backup quarterback, or whether it's your website, or whether it's your your your, your highlight reel, or your your engagement engagement video. And if you want that, and you want it to look good, then you need to put a VSR Media, founded by Notre Dame football pregame host and Emmy Award winning anchor Vahid Sadrazade. VSR Media provides professional and cinematic video and photo. Whether you're looking for a collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or are aiming to diversify and grow your business, VSR, <clears throat> VSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling, social media management, and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. Contact them at vsrmediacompany.com. Mention Iris Sports Daily to receive 20% off your first project. Visit them online or give them a call at 574 800 Nine one zero six. Got the segue in there. Got to work it in. It's harder. It's harder when it's a solo show. Um, we're talking about um, receivers. Logan Saldate. I like him. I like him. I think he's someone who has position versatility as well. I could see slot. I could see field. Um, he looks good. He looks. I like. I like that he's not the biggest guy. Uh, but he's not like small either. Like I, I like him. He's he's a good football player, and, and I like I like how he I like how he's used in a multiple of ways in high school, so that he's used to uh, playing playing the field and playing the slot and playing the boundary. Like he he they're giving him jet sweeps and they're giving him uh, bubble screens and they throw deep to him and they throw in routes to him. Like I like that. He's a good football player as a third wide receiver in the group, and not in terms of like ranking them like cam williams is one micah gilbert's a big thicker guy right so he's got some nice speed i mean he cam williams to me i'm, I'm sorry uh micah gilbert to me is like very similar to Jaden thomas probably a little bit more wiggle maybe just a little bit more wiggle than Jaden thomas salate is like uh who's i mean he's honestly i don't want to invoke it he's closer to someone like stefferson um which is obviously exciting, right? That's exciting comp. But he's not. Stefferson was was really good, right? Incredible route runner. Um, so that's something that he had going for him. And so, uh, you know, I, I think it's a good group. It's a good group. Good group of wide receivers. It's re really good there. Uh, Justin Knox is asking, O line play. What's my take? Um, honestly, I think it's I think it's stabilized a little bit. I mean, they they. They ran the ball pretty well. It's 157 yards yesterday. Let me just look here. 
Um, 33 for 155. You to add take away the sack for Hartman, it's, th- it's 32 for 161. Average about five yards a carry. Audric Estime, six yards per pop. Jadarian Price, 5.8 yards per pop. Um, so look, your main two running backs are sitting there at six yards a carry. I, I think that that's a pretty good job. Again, Pitt's got a pretty good defense. Pitt's got a pretty good defense. Let's see there. Let's see the let's see the pass blocking grades. Let's check it out. Who had the best blocking grade? Oh, look, Joe Alt, number one. Um, 87.4 pass blocking. Let's see. They didn't give up a ton of pressures. Um, let's see. Brocco gave up two pressures on the game. Uh, one quarterback hits. Billy Strouth, he gave up one pressure. He only played 18 plays, though. Um, so two pressures from um, Brocco. No sacks. No sacks allowed. They didn't give the sack to anybody. So they gave the sack to the quarterback, I guess. Um, that's interesting. I mean, someone had to give up the sack. Maybe it was a back. No, because they would put it on him. So I don't know. It, it, I, I think I think they kind of stabilized yesterday, right? I, I think it was – I don't know. It, it was a stabilization game for me. It, it's not that they took step forward, but they didn't take steps back. Um, they're solidifying that group right now. Marcus Freeman says they're just going to keep it at Coogan and Spindler at the guards. Um, I think, you know, I'd have to see Blake Fisher. had another penalty there. So I'd have to I'd have to look into that in just terms of like it was a late hit, personal foul, something of that nature or unsportsmanlike conduct. I'd have to look at that. They got to clean that up. Marcus Freeman seemed, seemed very salty yesterday given winning by 51. And maybe it was just like, hey, I'm not going to. I'm not going to let these guys, um, you know, I'm not going to let these guys get complacent. Like he, he obviously is pushing something like keep, keep the level up, keep the level up. So that's, um, you know, that's what he's doing. He, he was, he was very upset yesterday with a lot of things. Um, let's see. CFB Hertz says Freeman wants to win the bowl game as well. He should throwing it away to build for the future would be the wrong approach. Um, Oh, this is in question to Ryan McDonald. Excuse me. Uh, Ryan McDonald asked, do you think Angeli gets meaningful minutes in a bowl game, regardless of bowl game level game situation to prepare for next year? Uh, so I would agree with CFB Hertz. I mean, they, they wouldn't plan for that. Uh, in my opinion, if if they're playing in a bowl game that's meaningful, they're going to play it to win it. They absolutely are. Like, the, the, you can't do that to the team. The team is owed. You, you have to... You have to owe the you owe the team to give them the best chance, and that's Sam Hartman, just straight up, right? There's no debate about that. Um, you can't plan for I, I, with Angeli. Th- there's practice, like you might give him more practice time, right? Um, but th- like if they're in a if they're in the uh, if they're in a New Year's Six Bowl, I don't see how you're just not doing everything to win that game, everything to win the game. Because here's the other thing. If you're Marcus Freeman, you're asking players, and he's always been like, I want players to play, right? He doesn't like if you if you opt out of the bowl game, like you are like you can't be around the team anymore. You can't have that stance and have the I want players to play. And then, you know, uh we're gonna put Angeli in to prepare him for next year. Like, no, you can't have that. You can't. You can't have it both ways. You, you you're either you're going for it or you're not. Right? If you want players to play in the game, then you need to play the game exactly how you would to try to win the game. Um, and so that's what I think would happen. 
uh, Keith Hearing says uh, Freeman is very um, uh, Freeman is very vocal about sending the seniors off the right way. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's always been that way. He has always um, been that way. Justin Knox, some of these guys are going to opt out unless it's LSU. Um, who would I think that would be? I don't think Alt would. Linemen are linemen are tough. They don't they don't do that stuff. Um, you know, if for some reason Notre Dame was eight and four, I could see Hartman not playing. Um, and then you'd get a ton of Steve Angeli. Um, I could see Estime maybe. I could see that. Um, but it's like I. I I don't know who else. I mean, who else would would not play? I can see Cam Hart not playing, honestly, because of the shoulder. Because uh, he's been dealing. I mean, he's been dealing with the shoulder forever. If it's not LSU, if it's not New Year's Six, I bet you Cam Hart doesn't play. Um, obviously they have players who can come in, and I think he would for him. It would just be like, hey, like I need to, I need my shoulder to be right. Um, that that'd be pretty important. So I think Estime is possible. Um. Cam Hart possible, Hartman possible. I just don't. I don't think Hart. I don't think Alt would miss. I just don't think he would. Um. Yeah, I mean, CNR, CN Angelo says we won't need estimate in any New Year's Six scenario. Besides, I want to see some more JD Price out there. He's about to go nuts. I mean, they would definitely. They would definitely. Um, they would definitely like be okay at running back. You know, you just get price the ball, you uh, love the ball, uh, Jabron Payne. Like, they would be fine at running back. But, it, it, you know, Estime's a good football player now. You know, I mean, I think – and I, I, I don't think you're saying that he's not. It's just it, – it's nice to see him out there. I mean, he's he's a good, good, good running back. I mean, he's definitely their best running back at the moment. Um, let's check out what his season stats are. 146, 901 yards. Yeah, he's going to get – he's going to get 1,000 this year. Which is cool for him. Um, if if not in the next game and in, in the in the games after that, um, hopefully you know, knock on wood, uh, twelve touchdowns for him. So that's cool for Audrey Estime. Where is he at nationally? Let's check that out. All right, Audrey Estime yards a game, not up there. Let's see, he's seventeenth in yards per game. Uh, total touchdowns, he is fourth in total touchdowns at twelve. Uh, he does have an extra game ahead of some of these guys. Um, so, yeah, great, great, great season for Audrey Estime. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, who says we would beat Georgia? Uh, let's see. UGA and Bama won't score versus Notre Dame's defense either. The Irish can play with anyone in the nation. Um, it's so – it's hard because Alabama, I think, would have a hard time moving the ball against Notre Dame. Georgia, I haven't really watched. The thing about Georgia is like they can that what they can do to Notre Dame's offense is kind of what Notre Dame's defense does to teams. It's like they can turn over Notre Dame. They can make it very difficult. Like it it's very hard and especially Alabama as well. Like it would be very hard to play a defense like that with Notre Dame's passing game as it is. I know I liked it against Pitt, but this is different. Like those those teams are different, and they can just man you up and just say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna beat you up, we're gonna beat the crap out of you." And Notre Dame just doesn't; they don't seem equipped to handle that right now. Um, so 
that's uh, that's going on. Love going down the sideline looked incredibly fast. He did. He looked great. I thought he was going to go to the house. Um, uh, let's see. Patrick Hennessy says, Fisher seemed to be very inconsistent this year. Has the transition from Harry Heastand to Rudolph been a challenge for him? I mean, not just Harry Heastand to Rudolph. Quinn to Heastand to Rudolph. That can't be good for offensive linemen. Just anyone. Just generally speaking. You don't want three different offensive line coaches uh, in in three years. You, you Obviously, like any position, you want continuity, but especially on the offensive line, right? Um, so that, that doesn't help at all uh justin knox says fisher must return take over left tackle uh he needs another year yeah he i the only way he's not on Notre Dame's team is if he transferred somewhere which i guess is possible i don't know i doubt it but <laughs> I, I guess it's possible but i why would you go he yeah he, uh, he's gonna get a return to school grade and he can play better right and and i think he's i think he can play better i think he get bigger um, yeah, Jacob Paulus, uh, I've heard Fisher doesn't want to move to left tackle. I think, I think, uh, I think Tim O'Malley brought this up either last week or, or maybe it was Tim Priester, one of the Tims at Irish history. I think they brought it up where he was asked about it. I think in the off season, he was like, I'm not, I have no desire to move to left tackle. So I think he wants to stay on the right side, he, wherever he wants to go. I think he can, he can improve his, uh, yeah, interview with Tim O'Malley. Yeah, so uh, it, it was – I don't think he's looking. But I think he can stay and improve his draft stock 100%. That can definitely happen. So I, I think it would be it would be foolish for him to move on. Um, it's just he's not ready, in my opinion. Um, and that's okay. Be a, be a three-year starter or three- or four-year starter. Do that. Um, okay. Thank you, everyone. I, I'm going to, I'm going to make it, um, one flag. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Jamie and I'll be back on uh, Tuesday talking about this game. We'll do, we'll do another, uh, this one will be a normal week without the, without the buy. So we'll do a, a mailbag show for our sports daily customers, put in your questions for us. We'll, we'll be, we'll be putting a link up for that. Um, check that out there. Uh, check out, uh, our new podcast, Dines with Dara on the Joy Slot podcast. I'm talking about the women's basketball team. The women's basketball team tomorrow, I believe. Is today the 29th? Yes, it is. Tomorrow, uh, they are having an exhibition. So uh, Dara and I will be, Dara Mabry and I will be breaking that down. Or she'll be breaking it down. She's going to be at the game. I'm going to be just looking at the box score because the game isn't on TV. So we're going to be talking about that. So check us out there. It's, it's a really good show. Uh, we've got a lot of good compliments. People are very um, excited about that. So uh, check us out there. Check us out on Tuesday. And uh, check out a bunch of Irish Sports Daily content on irishsportsdaily.com. Thank you, everyone. Notre Dame beats Pitt 58 to 7. Have a great rest of your weekend. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Keep hitting and hustling. <laughs>